Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. Now, Sound Off, and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are on a Wednesday morning, Northlanders, uh, ready to rock and roll here for three hours. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we do have another shortened, abridged uh, show, so we'll be coming to you at 10 a.m. in the morning instead of our normal time. Um, but today we are here for all three hours, the morning hour and the two afternoon hours, and uh, man, have we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, first of all, Governor Walls and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan are going to hold a signing ceremony for Executive Order 2303, protecting the rights of Minnesota's GAB, GBTQ plus 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 community to seek and receive gender affirming health care, whatever that means. Does that mean we're going to provide female gender affirming health care for those that think they're a female? What I, I'm, I'm confused. Anyway, more, but that's I guess that's a good thing according to the governor. Governor also yesterday uh, is is signed a bill yesterday morning. Giving driver's licenses to anybody who wants one in the state of Minnesota, whether they're here legally or illegally or anything else. Um, as, as long as they're a person breathing human. Um, now, of course, the question is going to be, are we going to change the requirements that insurance companies have uh, to give, uh, you know, because they give preferred rates to drivers that have been uh, licensed for a number of years because they figure if you've been licensed and driving for a number of years, you're a little safer than you would be had you just gotten the driver's license and it was still ink. still The ink is still wet on it. But uh, yesterday, uh, oh yeah, yesterday new opportunities have opened for the estimated. And see, this changes from day to day from time to time as well. Because I was told this was going to affect about 50,000 immigrants. Now I read in the paper this morning that uh, the opportunity has opened up for an estimated 80,000 immigrants, uh, a city the size of Duluth, Minnesota, to have been barred from obtaining driver's licenses for more than 20 years. Governor Tim Walz signed a bill into law, the Minnesota National Guard Armory in St. Paul on Tuesday, that will allow unauthorized immigrants to obtain driver's licenses. Now advocates say more people will be able to reliably commute to work. Yeah, that's what they were really concerned about was being able to drive to work, especially down in the cities when you got all the light rail and uh, community bus services and everything else, all this free stuff. They were worried about driving. Uh, or maybe maybe they didn't want to drive or ride on the uh, on the trains because of all of the problems with violence and drugs and everything else that everybody else is suffering from. And now advocates say more people will be able to communicate to work or commute to work and to school with the driver's licenses, which can translate into better pay to support their families. Boy, these are these are hardcore things that you just can't overlook, right? They will legally be able to drive for errands and events, which up until now they've been driving anyway, but they've been doing it illegally. They've been breaking the law, but they don't care. Now they can do it legally. 
taking their kids to a friend's birthday party, something many people take for granted that was out of reach. Oh, my heartstrings are pulling at me. In this country and in Minnesota, processing a driver's license is in many ways a necessity. Public transportation doesn't exist. Where where are these people? (laughs) What do you mean in Minnesota public transportation doesn't exist, especially in large parts of rural Minnesota? Well, that's probably true, Walls. Thank you very much. Back in where you uh, referred to us as the sticks and rocks or something like that, the law restores license requirements to pre-2003 rulings when access to a driver's license did not hinge on immigration status. It will go into effect October 1st. Until then, you're just going to have to uh, thumb it or whatever. Walls told the crowd gathering for the signing that the old law which changed after September 11th terrorist attack, did not improve public safety for Minnesotans and certainly caused harm. I feel incredibly proud of Minnesota, Wall said. Representative Marie Issa Perez Vega was in high school when the law changed. Was that in America or in 2003? She said she spent all morning on the phone with friends who can't believe that they will be able to walk in and become licensed like anybody else. Minnesota, you know, but let me ask the question now. If if they had picked up two or three violations for driving without a driver's license, is that going to be overlooked? I think it's a valid question because we know that a lot of these people have been driving anyway, with or without a license. In Minnesota, licenses can be used for driving and identification purposes and, of course, for voting. The new law will allow previously unlicensed drivers to become insured and studies have shown licenses improve road safety. Like all drivers, unauthorized immigrants will need to pass written and road tests to get a driver's license, and I'm sure if they can't speak English, they'll be given the test in the language of their tongue. Applicants will be required to attest to their address in Minnesota and provide documents such as unexpired foreign passports. What if it's, what if it's expired? a counselor identification document with a photo or a certified birth certificate issued by a foreign jurisdiction, among other documents. Opponents argued that the bill would open an avenue to voter fraud and illegal immigrants to Minnesota. But who cares? Democrats, they like the voters. But under the law, licenses can be used for driving and identification purposes, but not to vote or obtain a real ID, authors have pointed out. Well, that's good, I guess. Senate Bill Chief Zainab Mohammed, a DFLer from Minneapolis, whatever happened to Johnsons and Andersons, and said in an I'm being I'm sorry I'm being uh, yeah. In an interview with the passage of the law was encouraging but frustrating for those who believe the law should have been changed years ago. Well, I'm sure we'll get around to suing the state for not changing it years ago. For Linda Perez, an Apple Valley unauthorized driver who had to worry about getting her children to and from school and doctor's appointments, the news of the bill passage was a relief. I feel excited, Perez said, and not just for me, but for my kids, too. The Driver and Vehicle Service Division of the Department of Public Safety wants new applicants to start preparing to pass their written test and practice their skills with a permit, said Director Pong Zoing. 
The department is uh, preparing information to build trust and information and inform the community about the process. We recognize that this is an exciting, as all uh, this work is. We know that a a, a Department of a Vehicle License, we are part of a government. Sometimes that's a scary thing to interact with, Zoing said. We really want to break down those barriers and create a welcoming environment. The passage of the bill approved for DVS to hire 18 additional employees to meet the anticipated demand. And, of course, that will be a couple of million probably for the additional people. To, but, hey, it's you know we're going to have licensed drivers, and that's going to make the whole world a safer place. You'll you'll be safer on the road, I think, won't you, Kenny? I mean, I'll 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 feel safer knowing that that person uh, that what, has what, been driving what? on the road up till now no, without a not. driver's license no. is now have one. I won't feel safer, and oh, we won't be safer. Well, no, we won't. And why is this not part of the uh, the uh, discussion? The who? Oh, this. Well, it, you mean part of the regular session of the legislature? Yeah. Why what? aren't they talking about this? Or maybe they did. I don't know. But uh, this this should be a, a part of the discussion. Well, it should be. But uh, you know, the the thing that I think we all have to come to grips with, and we should have, is that two years ago when I was talking about how fortunate we were in the state of Minnesota to be dealing with a divided government where we had checks and balances. Right now, we don't. Right now, we have a ram it down your throat. We're going to take whatever we want mentality. And if you don't like it, get out of the way because we're going to run you over anyway. Now, the only time you get into real confrontation or or a possibility uh, of a law not passing, in my humble estimation, is when it's something that is just so blatantly common sense. Um... because the Democrats only have a one-vote majority in the um, in the Senate. So, for example, when they go to take away our Second Amendment rights, they're going to have to realize that there's going to be a certain segment of the voting public that's going to look upon that as you're destroying our uh, our, our uh, founding fathers' constitution that gave us certain inalienable rights. One of them was the right to uh, own and bear arms. And if they take that away from us, there may be some people that will hold them accountable for that come next election. And I'm, some of these people do not want to be thrown out on their ear. So, you know, there's, there's going to be some of that. There, you know, I mean, we're seeing that even on a federal, uh, a federal basis right now where uh, Chuck Schumer— um, Chuck Schumer has stepped up yesterday, and Chuck Schumer, of course, is a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat from New York. But he told reporters on Tuesday he will vote with Republicans on overturning a controversial D.C. crime bill that would have reduced maximum penalties for certain crimes, including burglaries, robberies, and carjackings. In other words, the state of New York, the mayor uh, in New York and the state of uh, the Democrats in charge, uh, you know, people like uh, Mariel Bowser and people like that in D.C. anyway, uh, the D.C. Chuck Schumer said, look, uh, I'm going to vote with the Republicans to make sure that we uh, overturn this D.C. crime bill that will lower penalties uh, for crimes like burglaries, robberies, and carjackings. And he's he used some common sense. He said, look, 
we have burglaries, robberies, and carjackings going up by by multiple percentages. Why in the world would we make the penalties for doing that less? Asked Tuesday if he would vote and how his vote and how the White House so badly bungled this issue. Schumer said, I'm going to vote yes. It was a close question on the balance. I'm going to vote yes. The original D.C. legislation would have reduced maximum penalties for burglaries, robberies, and carjackings, along with scrapping some mandatory minimum sentences. It faced backlash from conservatives and even some liberals, such as Chuck Schumer. Democratic Mayor Mariel Bowser vetoed, voted in the past, uh, vote, vetoed in the past January, but the city council overrode her veto. Then the Republican-controlled House of Representatives stepped in with a measure to override the city council changes. President Biden said last week he'd sign the House measure rather than veto it. So even he knows that the, the 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 best outcome for the good of all people in Washington D.C. is to lock up criminals to, and to not make their sentences less. And and in fact, here, well, you know what? We got to take our first break. We we do, and then I'll come. Then when we come back, I'll tell you what the D.C. police chief has said about this whole thing. Anyway. Uh, But as we get into this break, I want to remind everybody, with high gas prices today, you want to make sure that your vehicle is in tip-top shape so that you've got maximum miles per gallon. Henriksen's Auto Repair, a Napa Auto Care Center that offers you on on qualified services, on certain major repairs, they're going to offer you a 24-month, 24,000-mile warranty on qualified services. They are a trusted, locally-owned family business with highly experienced techs, extensive experience with Subarus. If you own a Subaru, eh, there's no place else I'd take it probably. But even over and above Subarus, their techs have a vast knowledge of all kinds of complex repairs for any kind of maker model of car. Henriksen's Auto at 1432 East 2nd Street in Duluth. Get it fixed right the first time. Simply pick up your phone and dial 218-606-1145 or go online, go to your computer and type in Henriksen's, H-E-N-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, Auto Repair. On your Facebook, your car will be glad you did. And we'll be right back. Black hole sun, won't you come? Wash away the rain. Black hole sun, won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? Stood KDAL time, 1127, the music of the band Soundgarden, uh, the late Chris Cornell. Uh, he actually formed the band back in 1984, but this song, this album was released 29 years ago today, The Super Unknown. Ooh, nice. What a great Soundgarden, song. good, good yeah. song, good group. Yeah. Uh, do you have any snow today, by the way? I should have asked you that right off the we bat. we got 30 uh, inches. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, that's our snow depth. We have currently thirty. Oh, that's our snow depth. Yeah, yes, thirty but inches. But did you did you get any new snow over the evening? <laughs> no, officially at Duluth yesterday, no precip, no snow. We're stuck at one hundred and two point seven inches. We're in <sighs> we're in seventeenth place, all time snowiest uh, 
Duluth uh, winters. And, uh, Have no fear, uh, Mr. Engineer. Yeah. Uh, it's coming your way. Well, There's more coming. Well, actually, not in our forecast. Uh, they've kind of downplayed it. Now, we're going to get maybe an inch here in the Twin Ports from this uh, current storm. The Twin Cities uh, under a, uh, are they under a winter storm watch? They are a winter storm watch in the Twin Cities. It's actually snowing right now in the Twin Cities as the high school hockey tournament gets underway. Right on it gets Q. underway today. Yeah, they right start right, to, well, the, the single A games start today, I think. Did, did you, are you aware of the fact, I don't know how many people are, but are you aware of the fact that War Road is undefeated? I, I got to tell you, I like this War Road team. I like the fact that yeah. they're uh, an extreme northern team and they got great hockey and they go out to St. Paul and they get business done. They get it done. Oh, my God. I think I read someplace. Now, I'm not sure about this, but I thought I read someplace that they have more professional hockey players than any other United States high school. War Road? In the NHL. More than Duluth Central? Yeah. Way more than Duluth Central. Are you kidding me? Well, Duluth (laughs) Central's distinction to fame is that... It's basketball. Well, no. When it comes to hockey, Tommy Williams was a Central hockey player. He went to Duluth Central. I believe he left school early. I think his dad, Rip, pulled him out of school and sent him to juniors in Canada. Sent him Canada. to juniors, yep. I and remember that. Yep. There was a period of time where Tommy Williams was the only American-born NHL player in the game. Come on! Yeah, yeah that's Tommy that's the true. Bomber! That, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. War Road, by the way, is seven miles from the Canadian border, and about that far, about five or six miles from another great hockey town, small hockey town. Rosso. Rosso, right, oh. uh, right, up, the, right up the street, Home right the up Rams. the road. <laughs> yes. So, um, anyway, they, they, the Minneapolis paper highlighted them a little bit today. War Road, by the way, is going up. What do you think is going to happen in this game, Kenny? Their first opponent today uh, since they are the number one draw, they're the class 1A uh, number one draw, War Road is. War Road's record is 27 wins, no losses, and one tie. And they're going to play St. Cloud Cathedral, that's record is 16 wins and 12 losses. Well, St. Paul Cathedral had good teams back in the day at the state tournament. I don't think that that matches well this year. No. But you never know. You never know. However, good luck in the consolation, St. Cloud Cathedral. Now, they eventually, the War Road, <laughs> if they win this first game, uh, uh, they will eventually maybe match up against Hermantown, right? I mean, if Hermantown wins and War Road wins, will they It'd, match up in the semis, or would it be all the way to the finals? I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the brackets, but uh, that'd be a great uh, a great championship if it happened. Oh. I, uh, I will say this, that uh, Hermantown's opponent, and they're playing right now, I believe, uh, is Laverne. And I've always liked this uh, Laverne team because a couple of years ago, they had a couple of players that were really good players, and they made it to the yes, tournament they did. for the first time yes. in maybe forever. But uh, Laverne is in the extreme southwestern part of the state, Rock County, and War Road is in the extreme northern part of the state. <laughs> and boy, would it be nice if those two could meet in a tournament, huh? North and that South. That would be very nice. Yeah, but. that would be kind of fun. Anyway, War Road is uh, War Road is a town that has uh, 
Well, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you Rosso because I actually have a grandson who plays on a on a young team. He's on a Squirt A or something, I think. But it's a, like a traveling team. They they have a very good squad, very good team, and all summer long, he can go up to any one. Now the 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 city of Rosso is not very big. I mean, I don't know what. Uh, maybe uh, 2,000 people in the whole town, something like that. They have three indoor hockey rinks that are open all year round, that are open for the kids. If they want to skate, they just grab their sticks and their skates, and they go up, walk in, jump on a rink, and away they go. So no wonder these these little towns like that can turn out hockey players. Anyway, we've got to go uh, to CBS News, and we'll be right back. In fact, we've got uh, Matt from uh, Dillestoven Fireplace hanging on right after this break. KDAL time is 1136, 32 degrees at Duluth's Sky Harbor Airport, 32, uh, but with a northeast wind at 16, there's a bite in the air, Brad, 21 on the wind chill, and we're going to have a cold uh, couple of few days coming up here. It's kind of a cold oh, trend yeah. with some snow, and you know what you need when uh, you got the cold air and the snow? I do. Yeah. I know. Yes. I know. You you either need to throw an extra log on your wood-burning stove, put an extra bag of pellets in your pellet-burning stove, or turn up your gas a little bit on your gas stove, all of which... You can get from Matt Boo at Duluth Stoven Fireplace. Uh, the federal and state regulations are offering discounts on certain packages now that are real incentives for you to buy a new system and update into a more efficient system than you might have? Yeah, so there's two programs that are going on right now. One is the federal program, and that's good until, I think, for the next 10 years. They just rewrote it, and that's a 30% re- or tax credit up to $2,000 on any uh, solid fuel appliance uh, like pellet or wood uh, that meets a certain uh, percentage, 75% on high heat value. So that's that covers most almost all of them. So that's a pretty good program there. And then the other side, this is more regional, and it's a stove swap out where they're uh, offering a certain amount of money to take out an old dirty stove, a pre-1989, and put in a high-efficient, clean-burning stove. So not sure the dollar amount. Uh, last time that was up to $1,500 per unit. Okay. Um, All right. And I think you can double down on those because they're, they're not funded by the same source. Now, Matt, is this going to be something that somebody could do even in the spring? I mean, if they figured, well, we're so far through the winter right now, I'm just going to wait until the snow goes, and then I can get the guys up on my roof putting in a new system. Is that still going to be available, do you know, through the summer months? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the tax okay. credit is for sure going to be uh, through, like I said, another few years. Um, and the environmental initiative, the swap out, is based on funds. So they usually have a funding source. I think Minnesota Power was one uh, last time. And so whenever the funds run out, the program runs out. In the meantime, let's have you tell us where exactly Duluth Stove and Fireplace is located, what hours of operation, and uh, and give them a website that you might have as well so they can see some of the units before they even come in. Yeah, we're on the corner of 24th or 25th Avenue West and Superior Street, 2431 West Superior Street. Uh, hours in the showroom are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6, Friday, 8 to 4.30, and Saturday, 9 to 2. Uh, our telephone is 218-727-9002, and our website is DuluthStove.com. Fantastic. 
All right, Matt Booth, thank you very much. You're going to make a lot of people warm and cozy over the next few years, I'm sure. And everybody that has gone through this winter, don't you think, Kenny, has had a, a almost like a new epiphany and has said, you know, I hear Bennett talking to that guy from Delos Stove and Fireplace. I think it's time we actually pull the plug and get that thing. Oh, absolutely. And uh, my wife and I have been uh, customers of uh, Delos Stove and Fireplace for a few years now. And we appreciate uh, the work they've done. They gave us a new, well, not gave us, we <laughs> bought a new insert a few years ago, and it works great. Ours has a remote control, Brad, so I can sit in my easy chair and go on and off, on and That's off. So my wife nice. can say, can we turn the fireplace on? Well, sure. I'll grab the remote. Yeah, it's on. Of course. It's, on. <laughs> it's of course, a great dear. feature, and uh, we really enjoy it, and we use it often. Uh, do you want an update on the uh, hockey game between Laverne and Hermantown? Yeah, let's hear okay. what's what's happening. Well, let Where, me do what this. Period? Are we in? Let, let me do this. Let me give a disclaimer. Okay. I'm going to give the score. Maybe somebody's watching that doesn't want to know the score, Brad. Okay. Oh. So okay. I'm giving them time to turn the radio down. Okay. Her- Herman- if you're watching on TV and you don't want to know the score, no, if they're listening on the radio and maybe they're taping oh. the game and they want to catch it later, that's okay. what I'm thinking. Okay. Current score? Right. Uh, never mind. Hermantown has a three nothing lead. Whoa, that's outstanding. Yeah, the first period's yeah. about ready to expire here in about a minute. Hermantown's up 3 nothing. Did you uh, did you happen to do what I did last night and stayed up for that entire hockey game between... That was, uh, yeah, oh. the Wild and Calgary. That was one of the worst hockey games yeah. I've ever seen. It, it, it was a fantastic hockey game if you love goaltending, if you love <laughs> great goaltending. No, I, I, uh, I, I never have seen a team... This wild team so much with a guy, he's in the slot, he's in a perfect uh, position yes. to shoot the puck, and they pass the puck! Uh, oh! Well, and then and then so many times the guy in the crease or guy right in front shoots right into the goalie. Why, you know... I read well, that piece on yeah. on Krill when he first got here to to Minnesota, and they said, you know, geez, what makes you so so good at putting the puck in the net? And he he had spoken Russian and he had to be translated, but he said, my dad told me, you will never score goals if you shoot the puck into the goalie, shoot the puck where the goalie isn't. <laughs> good advice. <laughs> So there you go. If you've got kids at home and they want to be a hockey player, that's the advice you give well, them. Brad, Shoot the listen, puck where the goalie isn't. I, I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the uh, White House press secretary, is she still telling things that are untrue? Uh, pretty much, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> or or what? the other thing she's really good at is, uh, I'm sorry, I've already talked that. Uh, I've already mentioned the issue there. I'm moving on and point yeah. to the next guy. Let me make She's this always perfectly pointing clear. At the next yeah. guy. Move yeah. on to the next guy. Oh, what was the comment she made here a little while ago about the border? I was reading on Twitter something, uh, and, and I'll, I'll look for it here. But my goodness, uh, fentanyl. Still- well, she she had she had talked about well, Ducey, of course. He's he's the he's like the thorn in her side, you know, that Peter Ducey. Uh, Peter Ducey asked her about what does the administration think about four Americans being uh, kidnapped and a couple of them being killed uh, down on the southern border? Oh, we don't. I mean, she tried to go into the whole wink. You know, she's got that little fluttery thing going with her eyes. And well, of course, we're against that. We don't want to. But we, we, nobody was said. Nobody supports. Uh, you know, I don't anything like that. It's going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing comes out, what actually really happened there, because the stories I'm reading this morning say that 
Even the drug cartels along the border never purposely go out of their way to stick their finger in the eye of the United States government. In other words, they're not going to go out of their way to kidnap some American citizen that shows up across the border and just is there to do a little tummy tuck. You know, that's that's what we've been told anyway up till now that these four uh, kids, well, they're not kids, they're in their 20s, but what these four individuals did coming down there, one of them, evidently the female, wanted to have a little tummy tuck. She had a, a few rolls, and uh, and she knew that if she got that done in Montemora or in Mexico, it would cost a lot less than doing it in America. And she had been told that the doctors were very credible and they would do a good job. So, And then she had these three guys go down kind of as support for her and uh, to help her out. Well, for some reason, the, uh, the these uh, cartel thugs just rounded these four kids up off the street. Uh, and they had the, the cartel members had body armor vests on. They had uh, automatic weapons. Uh, and they dragged, they, they beat these kids and dragged them, threw them in the back of a pickup truck and then took them off, killed two of them, d- uh, ser- seriously uh, uh, beat up another one. And evidently, from what what I've been reading between the lines, they left the girl pretty much alone. They didn't do too much to her. Um, but I mean this, and, and and as I'm saying, everything I'm reading says the cartels go out of their way to avoid making contact with Americans because they don't want America to turn the spotlight on them because they got a good thing going right now. They control uh, illegal immigration. They, they're they running mules around with the people. They're charging people uh, enormous amounts of money to be smuggled into uh, Texas or into Arizona, and they want to keep that uh, keep that going. Plus, they're smuggling so many drugs across the border, oh, literally— oh. This yeah, is the part hundreds of millions. This is the part where Corinne Jean up here was asked by Peter Ducey uh, a question, and she addressed the the drug issue, the f- uh, fentanyl at the border. And here's what she said. Okay, you ready? All right. Because since she brought this up, um, because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic levels. H- historic lows, fentanyl at the border, historic lows. Who's fact-checking her? Historic lows? <laughs> what? Has she... Uh, boy, she's been drinking the Kool-Aid, I'll tell you that. I think it's more uh, than Kool-Aid, you talk, Brad. Talk to any of those authorities at the border, and they're telling you that the fentanyl uh, roundup is at an all-time high. I mean, we're talking triple and uh, quadruple amounts uh, over just a couple of years ago. And these, the, these, I think what she meant cartel. to say was fentanyl coming across the border is at an all time high. She misspoke. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she meant walking across that the pills Jeez. aren't actually walking across on their own. But oh. people carrying them across are at an all time high. I mean, you see some of these drug busts and they show them on TV all the time. I mean, they got so many, so many pills, so many uh, baggies full of pills. It just uh, choke a horse. And then, of course, these cartels are mixing them with everything. They're making uh, they're mixing them with cocaine. They're mixing them with uh, LSD. They're mixing them with anything, including Xanax and some other uh, across the counter drug that you can buy for head colds or whatever. And and it's killing. I, mean, I read a piece this morning, Kenny, that 
we have lost in the last year because of fentanyl in the United States, 70,000 people. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I guess I, I, I have no other way to verify it other than the story that I was reading. But if that is true, let me give you uh, uh, something to balance that against. That would be equivalent to more people that died in the Vietnam War in 10 years. We lost during the Vietnam War 58,000 plus men and women in the Vietnam War. One year of fentanyl deaths would be more than the entire grand total of the kill, of Americans killed during the 10-year Vietnam War. Uh, 